You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Chris Howard reports. Google has some history with its latest investment. The company used Mobvoi's voice-activated search engine when it launched the Moto 360 smartwatch in China in June. Many of its own services were blocked by the Chinese government, so Google tapped the artificial intelligence developer to help introduce Chinese consumers to Android Wear, Google's operating system for wearable tech. Now the size of this investment has not been disclosed. Patrice Howard, New York. You're listening to the USA Radio Business Report. For more news, information, and sports, you can find us on the web at usaheadlinenews.com. Looking for a better way to get more traffic and interaction to your Facebook page? Imagine Facebook interactivity on your page like you've never seen. Introducing your new Facebook marketing fix, So Social, the new and revolutionary way to easily manage and automate your Facebook contests and sweepstakes. Create a fun, easy-to-win contest by writing a simple Facebook post. Watch your post go more viral and generate loads of interaction. Track your traffic and generate email lists with ease. So Social is mobile-friendly and complies with Facebook terms of service. Let So Social give your Facebook page some flash today. Zoom over to zosocial.com. Hey, this is Danny Sullivan to talk to you about Bruce Clay Incorporated. They've made Inc. Magazine's list of growing private businesses and have exhibited and sponsored at my conferences since the very beginning. You've seen their search engine relationship chart or you've read their SEO code of ethics. So you know their SEO experts, but did you know they can help you with PBC, web analytics, web design, marketing strategy, promotion, and branding? Yep, get everything you need for success in the online marketplace. You can check it out from the professionals at Bruce Clay Incorporated. For over 10 years with offices worldwide, they've got the answers you need. Check them out today at BruceClay.com. From WebmasterRadio.fm's world headquarters in Florida, you have arrived at the destination for education and entertainment. WebmasterRadio.fm, we're everywhere. And now, spanning the globe to give you the most in-depth coverage of events that matter to you. WebmasterRadio.fm, we're everywhere. This is USA Headline News. I'm Melody Burkett. The House Select Committee on Benghazi began this morning with an all-day hearing. USA's Russ Jones reports. 
Former Secretary of State and U.S. Democratic presidential candidate Hillary Clinton appeared before the committee. The hearing opened with a clash of perspectives. Chairman Trey Gowdy asked, How could an investigation possibly be considered serious without reviewing the emails of the person most knowledgeable about Libya? But Benghazi-ranking member Elijah Cummings said the GOP House Intelligence Committee has wasted millions of dollars in taxpayer money with the investigation. It is time and it's time now for the Republicans to end this taxpayer-funded fishing expedition. We need to come together and shift from politics to policy. USA Headline News is following the hearing and will have further reports throughout the day. I'm Russ Jones. For the USA Headline News, I'm Melody Burkett. From Feature Story News in London, I'm Dan Whitehead. A pupil and a teacher have been killed after a masked man armed with a sword entered a school in Sweden. The attacker, a 21-year-old, was shot by police and is in hospital. Hillary Clinton is facing renewed scrutiny on Capitol Hill over her handling of the attack on two U.S. compounds in the Libyan city of Benghazi. And there are reports around 70 Kurdish hostages being held in Iraq by Islamic State have been freed following a U.S.-Iraqi military operation. Say the date and join us for the 32nd annual Miami Book Fair presented and produced by the Center for Writing and Literature at Miami-Dade College, November 15th through the 22nd in downtown Miami, Florida. Connect one-on-one with some of the biggest and brightest best-selling authors and luminaries, including Jane Smiley, Tom Brokaw, Eric Bogosian, Mitch Album, Ben Mesrich, Alan Dershowitz, Natalie Dupree, and so many more. Book lovers will enjoy eight days of exceptional cultural and educational activities. Plus, enjoy visiting more than 200 exhibitors from around the country. Teaching demonstrations and panels from Miami-Dade College's Miami Culinary Institute. Live music and so much more. For more information, visit MiamiBookFair.com. And follow Miami Book Fair on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And don't forget to use the hashtag MiamiReads. Save the date, November 15th to the 22nd. It's the 32nd Annual Miami Book Fair 2015. Don't just read about it. Be there. Open your windows for a breath of fresh air. WebmasterRadio.fm And hey, Mac, we're here for you, too. WebmasterRadio.fm. We're everywhere. Downloading WebCology. Only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Welcome to WebCology. WebCology is the show that takes you into the deepest and darkest ends of the ecosystem on the Internet. Our guides will take you on a journey into web marketing and bring you the experts and the information so that you can further explore the web marketing world. Now, here are the hosts of Webcology, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Webcology here on webmasterradio.fm. It is the 22nd of October, 2015. We have one more show in October, and then it's bloody November. And, uh... See, it's terrifying me, Dave, because, you know, Boykin, it's Boykin's fault. <laughs> I, I mean, it's, it's, it's always easy to say that, huh? It's Boykin's fault. You know, at, at, at any given time. But are you referring to his recent Facebook post? Oh, my man. Did you see that? He's pre- he's like predicting a po- another polar vortex. And so it's almost November and I'm terrified. Yeah, I'm over here on the West Coast. So, you know, we really need to go back to yesterday when we can just fix everything. <laughs> as uh, astute readers and people who don't get fooled by uh, messed up Facebook memes might might realize, yesterday was Back to the Future Day, uh, October 21st, 2015, the day that Marty McFly and Doc Brown arrived in the future in the uh, second Back to the Future movie, 
And you know what that means, eh? Uh, Every- my shoes aren't lacing themselves, so no, I don't. <laughs> Everything that happens from now on is, or everything in that movie is now the fictional past. Everything that happens from now on is, you know, the fiction is the very real future. But everything that happened is 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 the fictional past. We're, we, you're right. You don't have uh, lace them up shoes, but you do have hoverboards. They exist. Yeah, they do. Um. DeLoreans no longer exist, but I blame that on the Coke more than on the quality of the car. Uh, well, and, and you know what? The, the, the DeLorean that, that was in the future was actually from the past. So, you know. Pre, Pre-Coke bus days. You're absolutely right. <laughs> anyway, so I just think it's I, – I, I, we've been waiting for this day to come since 1989. And the worst of it all, Dave, the Cubs lost last night. I know. So we didn't even get that in the we didn't even get that in the present future present past fictional. Well, I don't even know what to. Anyway, you know, this, this, there's this like you know space time continuum conundrum when you talk about Back to the Future now. I know, I know. <laughs> Thanks, Brasco, for the great Scott. Uh, he just posted onto our uh, internal chat here. Um, <laughs> but speaking of, we're we're talking about the future, and you know what? A lot happens happens every week. Um, so we've got, uh, let's talk about what we can expect, uh, from the future. We've got, uh, from Barry Schwartz. I, I know, uh, I can't remember whether you passed it to me or whether I passed it to you or whether we've even talked about this yet. I think we passed uh, it to each other because we both wanted to talk about this one. Right. Are we talking about, uh, zombies? Zombies. Yes. A Halloween zombie update. <laughs> so I, I, I'm looking forward to the memes. Uh, I'm looking forward to the images with the articles coming up. Um, for our listeners who don't know what we're talking about, um, Barry Schwartz over at seroundtable.com. There we go. Needed to mention his name this show. There it's in at least mm-hmm. once. Um, has noticed some signs or, or is chatting, noting that, and Jim, maybe you, you can elaborate here, um, covering signs of an upcoming update. They're starting to see some evidence that there's an update coming based on SERP results, SERP metrics. Um, the article has a, a bunch of examples of, of metrics from a variety of different sources. So highly recommended reading. Head over to seroundtable.com and you can see all, all the different metrics that this is based on right down to, to Mozcast. But basically there is a update. Looks like it's coming. Looks like it's, you know, we're starting to see the, the earliest signals of it. And obviously based on its location, this or, you know, in, in, the, in the calendar year. It's uh, it's being referred to as the zombie update, which uh, personally I love, and I'm looking forward to hearing. Carl, what did you do, Carl? Who get uh, who get hit by this one? Get back in the sandbox, Carl. <laughs> so, um, yeah, what do you, what do you, what are you thinking? Is is this well timed? Are we actually seeing signals of something we we would have expected, or is this something uh, new from Google? Uh, there's there's nothing that I can see yet to show where what specifically is is being changed in in any reporting. I did look it up, uh, but I've been just I've been living in I mean and, and, and you likely say the same thing. I've been living in Google Analytics and Webmaster Tools and Majestic and all that sort of stuff for you know weeks now. Um, looking for we've been talking about an update that's been coming. We've been talking about uh, a you know maybe it's Panda rolling over or something, but. And I've seen growth. I mean, I'm seeing positive growth across the board with with all of my clients, but I haven't seen any spikes. What I have seen is spikes in crawl activity. That doesn't 
necessarily okay let me rephrase it if you see a spike in crawl activity on one website it doesn't really mean anything it just means that google's crawled the heck out of that website but if webmasters and seos who are responsible for you know a dozen or more sites see the same spike on the same day or a similar spike on the same day and you know in, in, in crawler activity then yeah google is clearly out there doing something i've seen that but i haven't seen major changes in search results that I would expect to correspond with it, you know? Um, there has been a lot of crawl, no question about that. But does that, does that mean that Google's, like, actively doing something? Are the SERPs, like, rolling around and changing? Are people losing or gaining rank? I haven't seen it with my clients. Right, and that I, is what the course is. This all boils down to um, worth noting for our listeners in most of the examples given. And again, head over to SE Roundtable. It's, it's definitely worth, highly, highly worth the read. Most of these spikes seem to take place for a day where, you know, you were seeing even on the Moz report or advanced web rankings reporting. And of course, you know, advanced web ranking, they do ranking reports. So they know stuff about these sorts of things. Most of them were showing a day, maybe two day massive spike in fluctuation and then sort of dipping back down to a, a greater degree of, of, of regularity with the with what the SERPs were prior. So what I'm going to find interesting is, is this, and you remember those old, it's funny, I was just chatting with David Kong here, uh, those old days of the McDar tool, um, and you'd be watching with, during the Google Dance for our listeners yeah. who don't know. Google used to update once every four to six weeks. McDar had a tool, which is my reference, where you could actually see multiple different results on, on multiple different Google data centers. And you'd see some start and you'd go, oh, the Google dance is starting. And then all of a sudden you'd see them not there anymore. Right? Exactly. <laughs> They'd hit their way back button. And I think we may be seeing, you know, Google's obviously learned a, a lot in the last, I don't know, I can't remember the last time I used McDar as, as you know, something, you know, accurate. But um, I think what we may be seeing is them more controlled pushing out here, running a test. I think the you know, fingers crossed that I'm right because that always makes for awesome news. But it, it does have the precursor with the increased crawling um, with these little tests that are they're obviously adjusting SERPs. Mm-hmm. This has all the telltale signs of an update coming. Um, okay, is, what kind of update just, are we talking though? What are we talking about? Is this or one. Penguin? Well, that's it or is it something completely different? And that we obviously don't know yet. Um, but it's, uh, I think people can, can buckle up because there's something coming. And judging from all the reporting I'm seeing from all of them, it's a fairly significant change. Well, here's where I want to go out on a limb. First of all, for, for people who want to look themselves, you know, go, go to Search Console and, and, and check your web crawler activity and look around October 20th. That's when, that's when all of these tools that we're looking at right now are reporting a fairly significant spike in crawl activity. Mm-hmm. And so i got to ask myself, why, you know... Why is Google doing a mass spike in crawl activity on this day? Why would that be happening? And my guess will tell me, I mean, if, if, if it's Panda, like they, they, can, they can hoover up the Panda, uh, the, the, the information to make judgments around Panda just in their normal crawl. Because right. Panda is supposed to be, you know, Panda is like ever fresh now and it's, uh, it's supposed to be a slow roll of, um, well, we're not exactly sure how it's being rolled out, but we do know it's being rolled out week by week slowly. So mm-hmm. my guess, why would they need to hoover Insta data? Because they want to look at links. Yeah, Links change all the time. So that's my guess. And like, again, that's just, I got nothing to base that on except why would they be, why would it look like this? You know? 
Oh, I, I wholeheartedly agree. Um, well, I, I do think we're, we're long overdue. <laughs> well, there is that. The timing would be about right. Um, and it does make perfect sense that they would be, you know, doing their deep crawls prior to uh, the push of it. Also wanting to make sure, and, and for folks out there, it may actually be too late if, if this prediction is right by, uh, by one Mr. Hedger, and I think it is. Um, you want to make sure you've got your disavows fully updated. It may be too late now at this point, but that may be one of the things they're cross-referencing because every um, update like this, uh, there's a bunch of people that, uh, that are collateral damage. Um, you know, if you don't want to be part of that collateral damage, of course, you want to make sure that all your links are, are clean in this case. Um, with these deep crawls, that may be well what they're making sure that they factored in. It tends to be real-time, of course, as you know, but, um, you know, you're – Now's your chance. Now's your chance to make sure that happens. Will they do another deep crawl before then, uh, before the launch? Who knows? But uh, maybe be able to report on that next week. Well, indeed. And just to, just to, to sort of put a corollary on, on what you said, where you said maybe it's too late. It might be too late to affect what is happening today. Um, and based on their behavior with like with Penguin in the past, if you didn't get it in before this update, if we have to wait another year, you're screwed. Mm-hmm. It's plain and simple. But we don't know that we don't know that Google's going to um, be consistent in their extremely inconsistent behavior around Penguin, right? Um, maybe it's possible that they've either ironed out whatever was wrong with the last iterations of Penguin, or Penguin's ready to go Everflux as they've been promising it would. And, uh, again, and I don't even know it's Penguin. I'm, I'm just I'm just sort of sitting here bouncing on the limb that I was on. Um, but it feels right. It does. It does. And if it looks or if it walks like a duck and talks like a duck. Maybe it's a penguin. (laughs) Well, it's Halloween, right? So it's a penguin in disguise. Well played. (laughs) Um, all right. What else do, uh, well, I guess. It's a fun one. All right. We're going to have to cut to break in about three minutes. This is this one I don't think we should, uh, it should take too long to cover. Google Red. I'm sorry, YouTube Red. YouTube is introducing a new pay-for service that'll give you, for 10 bucks a month, you can have commercial-free PewDiePie. <laughs> and guys like PewDiePie, whoever, I don't even know who PewDiePie is. He's like Gamer, who like, um, anyway. Um, what do you think <laughs> Go about ahead, that? you can say it. He's a gamer that videos. made more in two hours from playing video games today than I will all year. So well, okay. I know. <laughs> uh, brilliant little bastard, by the way. Um, but what do you think about that, Dave? I mean, Google is introducing a new a new pay-for-service that's not going to just be about, like, commercialist PewDiePie. It's also going to be about movies, music, possibly television shows, certainly user-created, user-generated entertainment. Um, would you pay 10 bucks a month to get a basically commercial-free YouTube? You know what? And there there were rumors of this. I can't even remember when. It was like either months. It might have been over a year ago now that this was coming. Um, I would. Yeah. Um, and the reason for me, probably very, very similar to you. I end up having to look at a lot of YouTube. Um, it's not what I do as my recreation. I have different media sources for that. But, um, you know, just in our jobs, we end up looking at a lot um, when they extended having to watch some of the them as full commercials, and I think about just that time that I'm taking every single day uh, in, in just having to watch this ad. 30 seconds uh, of pop, minimum. Thir- 30 seconds of pop. Do that, uh, you know, three or four times a day even. 
and then multiply that by the number of days and these are taking from your work hours. Um, can I exchange $10 for that? Yes. Yes, I can. <laughs> um, and, you know, sense. even if nothing else, then to provide that better experience in keeping me on track when I'm on task with a specific thing and I'm needing to watch this video to, you know, maybe simple as solving a weird issue I'm having with cPanel and I can't quite figure it out down to having to watch um, YouTube videos from competitors for either inspiration or, uh, or you know, information, uh, you know, from, from client competitors. You know, saving them, being able to not bill my client for that 30 seconds that I just had to watch um, and just making sure that my mind stays on track, uh, better on track to what it's supposed to. Yeah, I, I do think it's worth the $10 for somebody like me. Will my kids? Probably not. But if they start producing, as, as I think you were alluding to, if they actually start producing mm-hmm. um, new content themselves and try and sort of go toe to toe with Netflix. Okay, well, that's a completely different thing. What I love about this is enabling me to have a commercial free experience while at the same time providing an infrastructure to make sure that PewDiePie ends up getting his tithe too because he's a great content provider. So, I mean, I don't watch his videos, but you know, millions upon millions of other people do. You know, they, they obviously deserve their payment. What I'll be interested in, and I bet we're going to be hearing about it within the next quarter, is are their payments the same? when it's coming straight from Google versus when it was coming from indirectly from Google through ad revenue. So that'll well, be interesting. And actually, that's something I wanted to ask. We, Google had set up a marketplace where it was profitable, fellas like PewDiePie, to uh, come along and create user-generated content that is actually of great interest to the, to, to the, to the YouTube users, right? Yeah. And, and, and they, made a, they made a commercially viable marketplace where everybody was making money. Uh, I mean, the the test to be good enough to make that kind of money is quite high. Pi actually works really hard for the money he makes. Definitely. I'll make fun of him, whatever. Mostly because of his name, but the dude works hard for the money he makes. Do you think this could be an expansion of that kind of marketplace where, you know, Google will find a way to split subscribers, revenues from subscribers with their highest producing uh, content creators? I do. I think the formulas are going to be really, really difficult for them. Um, and may end up resulting in drops in revenue or increases in revenue. You never know. Well, increases, yeah. But it may result in drops. But the, the environment I'm seeing here is where everything is having to start to, to level out. So I think a lot of it's going to depend on who that user is and what the specific channel they, they're on is. Because I can only imagine that it's going to work out into a scenario where Google's going to have to take that $10 they're going to take off the top what they need to have um, out of that $10. So let's say they take whatever, $5 off the top. And then after a month, see how many ads um, they didn't get to show and then split that per person per view of that user. Well, right? and, and, that's, and, and that's something I think that is so worth noting. If this service takes off, revenues generated by um, the uh, layover ads that come in a Google video mm-hmm. or the, the pop-up ads that come in a Google video – Will those be offset or, or lowered for YouTube with if, if, if a sufficient number of subscribers are willing to, you know, pay 10 bucks not to see them? So it's right. a by-impression world, right? It is a by-impression world, and that's what it's going to break down to there, which I think is going to make it more interesting for, for them to have to deal with. And I think it's going to be really interesting for us to get to watch to report on and see how how does this all go? How does PewDiePie's you know, revenue stream get affected? Uh, <laughs> it may work out better for them in some ways if all of a sudden, you know, like, like my youngest who does watch a lot of gaming 
videos and that sort of thing and, and does know PewDiePie and watches his videos as well, um, among others. So if you do end up with these people who are viewing a lot of a fixed segment of videos, I think it could work out well for them. If you hit people like me who are across the board because we've got clients, it's like, you know, try and Google, try and figure me out for my search patterns. You can't, um, you know, because we're SEOs and we're looking all over the place. Um, you know, I, I think if we're, if we're scattered like that, it may end up working out. Um, a little bit worse for them, but it's it's going to be interesting, and it's certainly going to require me to be logged in all the time, or whoever has it, to to avoid these videos and give Google uh, some very very interesting and and robust data on how to advertise to me in other spaces. So it might be a win win for Google, where uh, yeah, they're losing their yeah. ads there, but they can advertise to me based on the videos that I watch much more effectively. Yeah, I hadn't thought of that angle. That's a smart one. I hadn't thought of that. Um, okay, last thought before we got to go to break. Is this might this be a fundamental shift in the music or movie distribution marketplace? You know, can Google or I should say YouTube become a bulkier, larger, more formidable creature than say Spotify, knowing that that Google has or YouTube has a far greater inventory? Uh, I, I think they can. I think if they're moving in the direction I think they're moving, you know, even just allowing, you know, music providers or just very much like Spotify. Okay, put it all here and we're going to charge a subscription. And hey, this stuff is only available to our subscribed users. So you know you're getting a payment for it because you can't count on a display ad, of course, with, with you know, something like YouTube. Because if it's Spotify, you know, a Spotify replacement, I may not well have my, you know, screen on on my, you know, phone. I might be running or something like that. So if you now provided content that is only for those subscribed users, which I can virtually guarantee will will happen. Obviously, I don't know 100%, but I, I would say there's a high, high likelihood of it putting exclusive content up like that. You know, that's that's going to be a real game changer. Well, we'll have to see. We'll have to watch what happens. And, you know, if you want to watch for 10 bucks a month, uh, Google's going to give you a chance to. SEOs and webmasters, and, you know, PR, PR folks and stuff, you, you might want to think, how is this going to affect your clients, your clients' relationships with YouTube, etc.? Um, well, I don't know. We'll know when time we'll know as time comes along, but we have to go to a more traditional revenue model. <laughs> You're listening to uh, Webcology here on webmasterradio.fm. It's uh, about 20 minutes past the hour. This is Jim Hedge from Digital Always Media, Dave Davies from Beanstalk Internet Marketing. We're going to be back right after these messages. Sit tight and don't move. Webcology will be back after this short break. Hey, this is Danny Sullivan to talk to you about Bruce Clay Incorporated. They've made Inc. Magazine's list of growing private businesses and have exhibited and sponsored at my conferences since the very beginning. You've seen their search engine relationship chart or you've read their SEO code of ethics. So you know their SEO experts, but did you know they can help you with PBC, web analytics, web design, marketing strategy, promotion, and branding? Yep, get everything you need for success in the online marketplace. You can check it out from the professionals at Bruce Clay Incorporated. For over 10 years with offices worldwide, they've got the answers you need. Check them out today. Looking for a white-label SEO and social platform for your clients? Think eBrands. Free and unlimited SEO audit reports. eBrands. Premium Facebook apps and welcome page creators. eBrands. Twitter management app, analytics, and mobile site generators. eBrands. 
Let eBrands manage your search and social media campaigns and give you and your clients access to their white label dashboard, which have great reports that will wow your clients and deliver great ROI and results. Try eBrands for 30 days. Go to eBrandsWithAZ.com or call 1-866-625-5717. That's eBrandsWithAZ for eBrands. Reinventing keyword research, simplifying campaign optimization, redefining competitive analysis. SpyFu brings you an entirely new way to find the most profitable keywords for your SEO and PPC campaigns. New tools, new data, and a brand new look. We've streamlined SpyFu so that you can optimize your search engine marketing more efficiently, more accurately, and more intuitively. Visit SpyFu.com, that's S-P-Y-F-U.com, and start downloading your competitors' keywords now. Try it free. Only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Here are the hosts, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to WebCology here on WebmasterRadio.fm. It's the 22nd of October, 2015. And uh, here's an interesting one. I like this one a lot. Um, The uh, Comscore Market Research has uh, put out its uh, September data. And things have shifted kind of substantially. Dave, you over there? I'm right here. I'm looking at the data, just making sure. I got, I got like you, I got a million tabs. I was making sure to find the right tab. Oh, <laughs> just making sure. It's, um, it, it, it's the internet, folks. Sometimes things happen. <laughs> anyway, Google's dropped. I know it only looks like 0.1, but you remember the days when Google was controlling 80% or so of the search market? Indeed. Indeed. The uh, Comscore... Search share for and, and and for the for the record, this is for desktop only. Was released uh, showing you know September um, in the, the number of uh, searches done on uh, between August fifteenth, September fifteenth, or I should say on the date of September fifteenth. Google has sixty three point nine percent of the market, but the big mover here is Microsoft. Bing and Microsoft sites have twenty point seven percent. Now this isn't Bing combined with Yahoo. This is this is Microsoft on its own. Twenty point seven percent. Yahoo is sitting at the twelve point six percent range. Believe it or not, Ask still exists with one point seven percent of the search share, and AOL Incorporated, yeah, is sitting at one point two percent. Yeah, they never really did recover from uh, not sending out those discs. <laughs> no, I I really shouldn't. Uh, we, I'm, if you'll indulge me, Dave, we, we really shouldn't uh, make fun of AOL. I'm down in D.C. visiting Simon Heseltine next week, so I uh, don't want him to be too mad at me. <laughs> Fair enough. On me or something. You know, at, like Yahoo, AOL is more than search, right? And that that is sort of not included necessarily in, in all of these things. When we think of AOL, they have a lot of things that aren't search, and I know Simon works on a lot of those things as well. And so, yeah, these numbers can be misleading in the strength and power of a company, which I think, you know, I mean, just looking at, you know, Google, hey, they're, they're you know, still three times higher than Microsoft. Yeah, but Microsoft could buy them if they really wanted to. 
<laughs> like, you know, because of, of Microsoft's other things. So worth noting, but this is from the context of search and from the context of understanding where your power goes as you optimize. You know, I, I remember, you remember sitting with Jeremiah Andrick, what were they at, 6 7% at the time, and yeah. I didn't really see how that was all going to work out for them. You know, it was sort of like a joke for ages, um, what Microsoft was doing, because they never really pulled. They'd have these little spikes, and then down they'd go ever since uh, ever since they launched Bing. And now here we are at 20.7%. Yes, that's only a third of Google's, but <laughs> they're also, and, and you alluded to it, they're also, for right now anyway, powering Yahoo. So now they're half of Google. Okay, that's still only half, but <laughs> when people are thinking about where you're putting your marketing dollars and when you're looking at viable contenders in search, even organic search, this is a very, very different environment than it was even a couple of years ago. It's most interesting. I, I'm enjoying it. I think you and I have, oh, have, have, since the dawn of it, been cheerleaders of really anybody, right, to just sort of give us something, some level of competition. So seeing this just slow chiseling away, and it's funny, as an SEO, you know your queries, my queries, these are not the, the normal person queries, right? Like we, we don't search like normal people. Most of our listeners probably don't search like normal people because we know that there's these pesky SEOs running around kind of screwing with stuff. But when I – so whenever I've used Bing in the past, I haven't been enormously won over by them. But it's because I don't know how to search on Bing. I, I did face that reality. When I turn my brain off and I try just searching with queries that I would draw from, you know, I'll, I'll use a Google property, but like the, the keyword suggestion tool or something, and just grab those, those global ones in there and start to compare the results side by side, they're really not that far off. I just don't know how to search as well on them with negatives and quotes and this and that uh, yeah. because I, I haven't been using them as much. But I can see why they're gaining They've got some good, solid ground. I think part of this is going to be people moving over to Windows 10. Uh, there, I've that, mentioned that, yeah. Which that'll be part of this. Um, but the thing is, their search results aren't bad. That's why they're not going down after they get people over, is that their search results for normal person searches um, really aren't bad. I still use Google because I'm trained on how to use it and use it effectively and quickly. But Bing search for, for most people is actually a solid engine. I think it's one to watch and one to really be paying attention to when you're building your organic or paid marketing efforts. Well, I mean, we're talking about a fifth of the market now. That's um, when, when Google was, or I'm sorry, when Bing was sitting in the 12% range, it was not necessarily wise to dismiss them, but much easier to dismiss them. Um, yeah. Given the hard work one has to do on uh, on a website, or you know, in acquiring links, or um, you know, just the little technical things that you need to look for in relation to either of the engines, it was. I mean, obviously, you, you want to throw most of your effort towards fixing stuff so it would be um, more visible on the search tool that the bulk, like you know, four fifths of the users were using. But now we're only down to them being in the you know three fifths range with uh, Microsoft taking one of those fifths, and that's that's significant. Like that's uh, that's one in five searchers. Well, and I think something everybody needs to remember, myself included, I need to remind myself of these things is they keep gaining ground. Right? It's mm -hmm. not yes, they're they're only a fifth right now, but they are continuously gaining ground, and they're continuing to take it from Google. Yeah, they, uh, they were only an eighth just a year ago. Right? Well, that's it. So how far? until, you know, how far into the future do I have to go? Not necessarily for Microsoft to beat Google. I mean, it may happen at some point, but as they're chiseling away, um, how far behind do I want to be 
in making sure my websites are optimized properly for them. I'm not saying to de-optimize for Google or put all your focus on Bing, but it definitely is something to be aware of and it's something you need to take very, very seriously because they're continuing to gain ground. And if you want to be ranking for the next holiday season, you know, they'll, they're likely to be sitting, you know, not at, at 50%, but they may well be sitting in the, in the mid to high 20s by then if they can continue this slow, steady march, at least gaining a, a couple ground, maybe being a quarter by that. Well, probably not a quarter, but, you know, uh, taking more ground as things progress. Every dollar counts when, when you're hitting that, especially when it comes to paid. People need to be actually looking at them as a very serious contender. I say paid because it, you don't lose anything. <laughs> for gaining it, but it is a very, very solid percentage of the market. Here's a, here's the thing that I think uh, 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 SEOs need to keep in mind. Yahoo is about to ditch Bing and jump back to Google. Now we've been seeing this set up for you know a couple of months now, but the uh, the trigger is about to be the, uh, the 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 guillotine's about to fall, and the two shall sever themselves. And Yahoo's going to be cozying up to Google again, which means Google's share is going to rise incrementally or, or rise rise a little bit. Yahoo's share will probably rise a little bit too, and there's only one place I think they can take the bite out of, and that will probably be Bing, uh, well, unless it's AOL, of course. You know, I mean, that that could happen at the same time, uh, you know, just from another angle on things. If I'm using Yahoo right now, I'm using Bing. Now, all of a sudden, my results change. I don't switch over to Bing and use it that much. Why? Because I'm accustomed to searching on Google. I know how to search on Google. I, I can predict where my results are. If when that time happens, when okay. Yahoo all of a sudden starts showing Google results, you've now changed for 12.6% of the market how their search queries are going to function. If those people are comfortable with Bing and they do know that it is powered by Bing, if they're comfortable with Bing, where are they going to go? I know if all of a sudden Google switched to, to showing somebody else's results, but Yahoo was showing Google and Google went, ah, oh, we're going to show Bing results. I'd switch over to Yahoo, right? Because that's the search experience that I'm comfortable with and set of results I'm comfortable with. So it is going to be interesting. Does it gain for Google and Yahoo, this partnership, or does part of Yahoo's search share actually diminish as those people go directly over to Bing because that's the experience they're comfortable with? It's going to be really, really interesting to watch. Indeed. Speaking of um, interesting stuff to watch, when we were talking about search share, you know who can really steal search share from uh, all of the above, from, uh, from Google and from uh, Bing, from Yahoo, from even Ask and AOL? Who's that? Facebook. There we go. Nice segue. Thank you. Thank you very much. That's why, that's why we get paid the big bucks here, Dave. <laughs> um, <laughs> Facebook is introducing universal search across the entire social network. Now, Facebook users will remember uh, about a year ago, Facebook sort of changed their search bar so it would bring up more results on topics, stuff people were talking about. And you'd be able to see what your friends were talking about. You know, they're talking about a movie or talking about a sporting event or something along those lines. You'd see stuff your friends had written about by, you know, typing, into the, typing some key phrase into the search box. Starting today... You're going to be able to see what your friends and the entire world is saying. Facebook says they have over 2 trillion posts in, uh, in their databases. 2 trillion posts. And they're going to make them searchable. Now, I haven't had time to, uh, to, to, to look up how many, how many URLs Google claims to have in its index or Microsoft or, or Yahoo have to claim in their indexes. But 2 trillion posts is a hell of a lot of information. 
It's a lot of information. And let me tell you, like I, I found out about this, had to go and check, and you'll be happy to know the query that I dumped in first into my brain because I thought it'd be a great example of something I would do was Toronto Blue Jays. You know, after last night's game, I know, congratulations, Jim. And living on the Canada. edge, bro, living on the edge. <laughs> well, they did it in the last set, and, and they pulled it off. So let's, uh, let's hope. I pulled it, uh, you know, ran the search. And the thing is, for queries like this, it is brilliant. If I go to Google and I search in Toronto Blue Jays, I'm going to find, you know, the, the score and, and some basic, you know, link to their page, that sort of thing. Uh, I don't think it's going to take long for people to be conditioned to searching on Facebook for this type of information. Because, yes, it shows me like your partner, Alan Connects, post shows up really, really highly in there shows a couple of, of the comments from, from people I know, and then all of a sudden it's going straight to public. And I'm able to get very, very quickly a really interesting set of videos, images, you know, a, a good idea for how this game actually went really, really quickly, very, very visibly and visually. I, I think it's, it's a great search function, like a great idea on their part. And I don't think it's going to take long for users once they know about it to start using it for a lot of their queries, which is I think what you were getting at right at the, at the intro to this segment is this could steal. And why? Because it's providing it for specific sets of information, some very, a very, very unique experience that I can't get from one of the other search sources. Well, moreover, and I, I invite you to look at your upper tab right now, your, your, your uh, upper bar right now. Does one of your tabs actually say Facebook? Uh, do you got Facebook open sitting I'll, in the background somewhere? I, I do. I have it open, and I'm looking at the Toronto Blue Jays results. Well, well indeed. Okay. And I'll bet you if uh, 90% of our listeners go right now, look, look at the upper tab of your computer, or sorry, the upper bar on your computer, one of those tabs will say Facebook because, you know, you yeah. log in in the morning, and then you go do other stuff and check back at Facebook, you know, every time you see a little number come up to, you know, <laughs> uh, to signal that somebody has said something about something you said. <laughs> Facebook is always open on people's screens. People, uh, I, think, I think a lot of people actually see Facebook as the internet environment, which you know, I, I find kind of frightening. But nevertheless, Facebook is the internet for so many people that once, as you said, Dave, once they discover this, uh, this tool exists in the Facebook environment, I think search patterns are going to change entirely, uh, dramatically, just because Facebook, one in five adults in the world are on Facebook. Well, and, and the thing is, something that I think we need to be aware of as marketers is during brand issues <laughs> or successes. But I, I see this mainly in the case of reputation issues. Big bad publicity comes out about company X, you know, and, and people are getting it through their streams. Where are people going to look for that once they become accustomed to Facebook? Well, if you want to hear what people are saying, if you want to do get quick feedback on a company, even a restaurant, if you can now do it this way, it's not just your friend's experience at that restaurant. You're going to see uh, a stream of information about that restaurant, just like I'm right now looking at a stream of information on the Toronto Blue Jays. If I'd been looking at a restaurant right now, you know, if they had a bunch of bad information from people, you know, there would be that. If, you know, guy from Chick-fil-A comes out and says something stupid, you know, I could enter that into here. And now I'm going to see how everybody is reacting to it. I think it's going to be a, a very serious thing to consider during reputation management issues. I also think it's going to provide some very, very interesting marketing experiences as we as we proceed forward and, and a lot of interesting things that we can now start tagging and attributing our, our actions to that's, that's going to differ and, and provide some great opportunities for some new traffic that we haven't been able to tap into before. Well, and, and you know, there's going to be a uh, new acronym in our, uh, in, in our culture, the Facebook 
user content curator, work out Facebook user content curator to the uh, natural acronym that's going to to form that'll make for some uncomfortable phone conversations. But once they understand what you're up to, they'll love you. (laughs) I, I'm a, you know, I got a couple. I mean, the good thing about this is using Blue Jays as a, as an example, you get to, you'll get to see, um, Carcion's amazing home run from last night Mm -hmm. over and over and over again. But also to use uh, your example, the, the, the CEO of, uh, Chick-fil-A, yeah, we're going to be seeing some completely vile, baseless, just, you know, emotion, ideology, and anger outburst results in search results out of Facebook, too. Because let's face it, as uh, much fun as Facebook is, it's kind of an anger machine sometimes, eh? Yeah, it definitely can be. So it, it is going to be an interesting thing to watch. It, I think it's going to provide some actual different subsets of what social media marketers do. I, I think it's going to be quite, quite interesting, something for, for all of us to uh, – for all of us to watch. Okay, well, it, you're right. It's going to be interesting, and we're getting message from the studio like three minutes ago that we're supposed to take a break, mm-hmm. and we really ought to take a break. And I want to come back. We won't have a lot of time when we come back, which is probably really good because if you're in Canada, you're really sick of the next subject. But I want to cover it really quickly because I know there's a lot of interest in America, and there's a lot of interest in the tech world up in Canada. What will the election mean for the tech world in Canada? But before we can talk about that, we got to do these, the quick commercial break here on Webcology. So, friends, you're listening to Webcology on webmasterradio.fm. It's the 22nd of October, 2015. We're going to be back after these messages. Sit tight and don't move. Webcology will be back after this short break. Whether you are an online business or domain name investor, you need access to the best names. With over 270 million domains already registered, finding the right names at the best price requires a great wingman. Namejet.com puts you in the pilot seat by giving you fast and unparalleled access to some of the best premium and expired domain names on earth. As the number one domain name auction platform, Namejet.com is the best place to find domains for your business or investment. So light the afterburners to the domain name aftermarket and fly over to Namejet.com at box speed to get great domains today. Namejet.com. Finding links to improve your rankings in the search engines is time-consuming and frustrating for many of us. The Hoth is the go-to company to help lighten your link-building load. Their white-label SEO was made specifically for agencies, in-house SEOs, and affiliates. The Hoth also offers high-quality custom local citation building to improve search rankings in Google's maps and localized results, providing fulfillment for some of the largest SEO companies in the world. The Hoth offers link and citation building services you can trust. Get $20 in link building or citation building credits free by going to thehoth.com slash radio, T-H-E-H-O-T-H dot com slash radio. Introducing Rumble, the smart mobile management system, the first end-to-end mobile platform where you can make real-time app modifications from a point-and-click dashboard. Want to change the design of your app? Point-click, and it's live in real-time. Want to change the ad map of your app? Point-click, and it's live in real-time. Want to change the content mix of your app? Point-click, and it's live in real-time. Power your mobile business with Rumble. Are you ready to rumble? Visit www.rumble.me. 
commercials off. Now back to Webcology, only on webmasterradio.fm. Here are the hosts, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. It's really hard to talk over that intro music, isn't it? <laughs> um, uh, I did, I'm exhausted. As uh, followers, as, as my followers uh, well know and know too damn well, I've spent the last eight months fighting an election, the first five months preparing for it, and the last three months actually fighting it. Canada had a federal election. It was considered one of the most important in our nation's history. It has defined the direction the nation is going to go in. As most Americans know, we elected a prime minister who is the sexiest cuddle bear on earth, Justin <laughs> Trudeau. Um, and he said, I, did, didn't the New York Times have a big headline that read cuddle bear or something? <laughs> I'm sure they did. There's been quite a bit out about, uh, about him and his fairly attractive features. Hey, he did beat the snot out of a conservative senator a couple mu- a couple of years ago at a charity boxing event. Just beat the snot out of the guy. Anyway, Canada had this election. We have a new government, a new direction in the country. Can- Dear world, Canada's back. We're not Dick Cheney anymore. We were <laughs> Dick Cheney, but that's over. Canada's back. The party I was working for didn't win. In fact, we got spanked. <laughs> But it wasn't necessarily our fault. But that, that's, I, I don't want to get into the, the, all the convolutions of the, of, of the election, and I'm, I'm writing my own post-mortem after the show. But uh, what I am interested in, is the new government, the new liberal government in Canada, is it going to be good for the tech sector? Open-ended question, really hard to answer. It's not like the liberals aren't business-friendly, and, and in fact, I think they are. But what do you think, Dave? What's your gut say on this? You know what? I'm going to go with a yes if... We stick to, or, you know, I mean, we as, as Canadians here, if they stick to what their plan was. And, and part of what I, you know, every party has portions of their platform we all like. Part of what I did like about their platform was the investment in infrastructure. Now, mm-hmm. assuming that this means more than infrastructure in the let's build some roads and bridges, but into infrastructure, let's actually build this country into what it needs. This is going to include roads and, and bridges, of course, but if it's including laying more fiber down, you know, making sure that we are what we are supposed to be and, and, and what we can be for, to, to be as business friendly, I see two big perks um, to this from a tech sector standpoint, assuming that they are referring as well to technological infrastructure. The first thing I see in that is, is us being you know, set up as an environment for investment because we have a, a better technical infrastructure than we do right now. We have a good one, but if there's further investment in that, I think that's great. Fortunately for the tech sector, um, and I mean mainly people doing business, you know, because we are tech um, selling abroad, um, would I also see that doing because it is going to be a big upfront cost, and he did call that before the election that we will mm-hmm. be running a deficit. Um, I see that hurting our dollar, the Canadian dollar. Now, when I say hurting our dollar, I don't mean hurting my dollar, <laughs> dollar because we tend to chart like our, our business is traditionally abroad. Um, so it'll be it'll be cheaper for companies to set up here in the in the short term. Um, we'll have a, a better infrastructure technologically. We'll have uh, a, a, be in a great position for investment to come in. And our um, costs abroad are going to be lower when we're selling our products abroad. So from a technological standpoint and Let's face facts. I'm from Victoria. From a tourism standpoint, um, I see a lot of perks to what 
he's going to do if he stays true to the strategy on, on the on the economic strategy that he laid out um, originally when uh, you know during the election. Uh, I have a hunch he will, mainly because. Um, it was not a popular thing to say, I'm going to run a deficit for three years. That's not something that I think a leader really wants to announce. <laughs> so the fact that he did uh, tells me he'll probably stick to that, at least in some iteration. Um, why this is important you know, for our, for our American and, and foreign listeners here is um, you know, we may actually be a, a country, provided this goes this way, um, to look at for for infrastructure, like when you're looking for a place with infrastructure in a low dollar and who isn't looking for that, um, it, it will set up a, a competitive advantage here, which I think is great for us that are already here. Um, but I think it, it also sets up for, for acquisitions um, and further investment in our technological infrastructure as, uh, as more companies start rolling in. I want to add a couple of points. To, I agree with everything you said. And I want to add a couple of points to what you said. Um, you talked about laying fiber. Mm-hmm. Who invented that stuff? Canadians, mm-hmm. JD Uniface, we made fiber. You know how they made it? I Through don't. significant research and development grants from the federal government of Canada. The world runs on light because the government of Canada financed the development of fiber optics. And the previous conservative government made significant cuts to research and development. Yes. Now, you live, you, you mentioned that you live in Victoria. I know Victoria as Tectoria, as, you know, as sort of remodeled by the great uh, Dan Gunn. It's his birthday today, by the way. Happy birthday, Dan. Um, from, uh, um, oh, goodness, I just dropped the name of uh, Dan's outfit, uh, Viatech, Vancouver yeah. Island, um, Advanced Tech uh, Incubator. Mm-hmm. Viatech. And the, the attendant Tectoria, Victoria is a tech hub in Canada. Tiny little town, 70,000 people, 350,000 if you, if you take the outlying region. And it's a tech powerhouse, and not just Canada, in the world. Um, that's all liberal research and development money from the late 90s and early part of the 2000s. I know of uh, two major companies that were born out of Victoria and went public, both of which, and, and, and went public quite successfully, both of which were originally financed by research and development monies. And I, if, uh, if, uh, Prime, Minister, if Prime Minister Trudeau, it's weird to say that again, isn't it? It is. <laughs> if uh, Prime Minister-elect Trudeau is serious about building on Canadian infrastructure, I think infrastructure, we have to look at infrastructure as more than solid objects. Infrastructure is also our intellectual infrastructure. And I see a great deal more investment in, uh, in our schools, in our corporations, and in small companies that have innovative and smart ideas that they can prove to, uh, to Industry Canada deserve funding. And I, I think we're going to see those taps turn on again. And when they do, the tech sector in Canada will propel forward. There's going to be some negative stuff, too. On the income front, um, they're going after the rich folks. <laughs> the, uh, the liberals have said that if you make over 200000 a year, you're going to go into a much higher tax bracket. That when, when um, placed with provincial 
tax regimes will have some high income earners paying over 50% of their income. I'm a little concerned of brain flight to lower tax um, jurisdictions, but at the same time, you get so many benefits just living in Canada, including having all your R&D funded by the government if you're smart about it. <laughs> that I, I, you know, that that brain flight might actually be more fear mongering than real. I, I um, do think that's the case, um, and if you're a corporation, um, let's be, you know, to, to level out that playing field, um, because at the same time as taxes are going up um, for people earning more than two hundred thousand, um, you've got taxes being dropped on those earning between I can't remember the exact numbers, but basically forty to eighty thousand uh, yes. coming down from twenty two percent down to twenty percent. Um, so your employees. Um, are going to be in a position where their dollar goes a little further, and when uh, when you're trying to attract people, so they can take you out to lunch attract- from now on. Yeah, well, exactly. So I, I think there's there's going to be wins losses. Uh, One more point I want to get because the show's almost over, but you know this has been a big issue for me, like the dominant issue in in, in my life for the for the last year mm-hmm. has been the what I call the tyrannical police state act, Bill C fifty one. Yep. Now, even though the liberals voted for it in Parliament. They, uh, they said they would amend it, and they are actually making moves to amend it. And one of the things they mentioned was bringing our privacy laws in line with Europe's privacy laws, which means the Europeans will not be pulling data from Canadian corporations. That's really important for, for long-term growth for like uh, Canadian online companies and for, our, for trade in, in the IT world. That's an important note. We're, we're not going to become the... Uh, data suckers that our uh, neighbors are. Yeah. Um, okay, we're getting the hook music. We got 30 seconds left. Um, by the way, people might notice we have a whole bunch of new music. We got a new a new face on the show. Um, congratulations to, to Brasco and to the team at uh, at Webmaster Radio Central down there in Fort Lauderdale for uh, mixing a lot of our shows. We got to go now. On behalf of Dave Davies, I'm Beanstalk Internet Marketing over there in Tectoria. This is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media here in Red Toronto. You've been listening to Webcology on webmasterradio.fm. It's the 22nd of October, 2015. Stick around. There's great stuff coming up on the network after the news. This is the USA Radio Business Report. I'm Russ Jones. Google has reportedly invested more than $60 million in its China-based Android Wear partner, Mobi. This is a return to China for Google after the company mostly halted business there in 2010 due to censorship concerns. Patrice Howard reports. Google has some history with its latest investment. The company used Mobvoi's voice-activated search engine when it launched the Moto 360 smartwatch in China in June. Many of its own services were blocked by the Chinese government, so Google tapped the artificial intelligence developer to help introduce Chinese consumers to Android Wear, Google's operating system for wearable tech. Now the size of this investment has not been disclosed. Patrice Howard, New York. You're listening to the USA Radio Business Report. For more news, information, and sports, you can find us on the web at usaheadlinenews.com. Do you look at the task of ranking your site?